0: This is Ask OT Kimberly, a listener-supported podcast at Anchor FM. Follow the link in the show notes to learn more about Ask OT Kimberly, your go-to for learning and development. Thank you for your support. Happy Women's History Month or Women's Herstory Month. So the next recommendation that I have for you this month is 100 Days of Believing Bigger. It is a devotional journal by Marshawn Evans Daniels. So this book was chosen by one of my therapy colleagues who is leading a local black women and OT Bible study group. We meet every other Sunday, and this book has been phenomenal. We each say, as we're reading through the book, We are clutching our invisible pearls it totally is convicting of different things we need to do in our life as it relates to obeying God and knowing who God is one of the highlights I want to share with you comes from day number 27 and that highlight says it's about identity you are distinctive Ephesians chapter 2 verses 10 For we are the product of his hand, heaven's poetry etched on lives, created in the anointed Jesus to accomplish the good works God arranged long ago. In this text, there are lots of little highlights, but a few that I will share with you that really stood out to me. And it made me think about who I am, and maybe perhaps it will make you think about who you are, and God, and why you are on this planet. One of the highlights from this text says, I know the little voice in your head keeps whispering that something is wrong with you, that you're too flawed, quirky, broken, and in need of repair or more development. But that's simply not true. God is ready to use you and per- in your personality right where you are right now. Purpose is natural, not forced. The way you think, show up, impact, perceive, desire and serve is all strategic. The question that was also given has to do with our identity and who God designed us to be and the clues as to who God designed us to be and to why. I was sharing in group today about my time living in a community that has a very, very rich African diaspora community. It is a very, or it was a very white community, but within the black community that's there, it's actually one of the most diverse black community places that I have ever lived meaning that in many of our communities in the United States, typically you're traditionally gonna be maybe just African American, maybe Caribbean, but it's usually just African American. And in this community where I moved to for therapy school in all of my younger adulthood, I was exposed to a large diaspora. I have friends who grew up in West Africa, Liberia, Nigeria, across the continent, in East Africa, in Kenya, Tanzania, Ethiopia, Somalia. I've met people from Central Africa. You name it, I've met someone and built relationships with people in those communities. What I learned during that time is that who I am in my physical embodiment and who I am in my heritage and my personality was actually designed by God for that moment. When I was a child, if you're like many brown-skinned black children in this country, you're very aware of things like colorism. And I remember asking God, like, God, clearly this world is very centered around whiteness. Why did you make me this way? But as a young adult, a younger adult, and moving to then Minnesota, And being around so many Africans who grew up in the great continent I learned in those experiences with them that I was made for that reason because I was going to intersect with these people these people look just like me and it was in these interactions with them that they didn't see me as an American they saw me as an African and we were able to make relationships that I could not have formed because if I looked a different way so one of the things that I first memories I remember of these experiences is when I first moved to Minnesota I was in my first year of graduate school or actually maybe my first job and I had stopped to get some gas and we have a very large Somali community we actually have the second largest Somali community outside of the nation of Somalia and the Kenyan um, encampments and if you know the Somali men they're typically like excuse me excuse me sister can I talk to you for a minute can I talk to you for a minute if you're from there you already know and I was really young and I was just like sure you know very very green very approachable and they asked me this question they are like are you Somali and I was like no and they're like are you sure and I was like, no, I'm black. I'm like African-American, just regular black. And what I didn't know at the time, but I would come to realize later, is that I was getting ready to receive a lecture from the Somali brothers or elders on not wearing my hijab. Now, if you know, many Somalis, most are Muslim, and they are very devout Muslims. These people, contrary to what we may know about in the media or what we may know from secondhand, are, these are very, very kind people. They're very, very approachable. They are very into family. They're very much into their faith and respect, respective elders, respective authorities. As time would go on, I would see some of the things that they saw in me that I didn't see in myself. There would be times when I'd be at work, working with some of the Somali elders in particular, and i look at an older gentleman and I'm like, man, you look like my dad. This is weird. And even when my parents would come into town to visit, the Somali elders would be so kind to them. They would always be like, oh, sister, brother, what do you need? I could leave my parents and I could trust it they would be taken care of, like nothing funny would ever happen with them. They were gonna be taken well care of. And I thought about how God knew that there would be a moment in time where I'd be in a place different than where I grew up and that the way that I looked would actually be a protective factor for me, especially being in a very white space, that being amongst these Africans, I can blend in, my parents can blend in, and there would be no question of who I am. As I would intersect with other Africans from the diaspora through my work, I would commonly be asked this question that a lot of people who are mixed heritage would get. I am not a mixed heritage person, I am a black American, but for people who are mixed identity, they get this question of like, well, what are you? Well, I commonly would get this question but it was coming from Africans and people from the Caribbean. If you know a lot about Africans, Africans are very territorial and they really want to place you in like where you are in the diaspora. And many times, if you're someone who might come off as ambiguous, African ambiguous, they will assume that you are from their community and they just want to, you know, have common talk about what it's like at home. And so frequently I would have someone ask me a question of like, where are your parents from? If I'd say I'm from the States and I said, well, my parents are from the States and they said, well, where are your grandparents from? And I'm like, well, they're from the States. Well, where are they from? And I'm like, we're from here in the States. They weren't asking the question of like, oh, I'm from, you know, Oklahoma or I'm from Michigan. They were asking where in Africa, the continent, are you from? And. I'd say, well, we're all from the States. And so they'd say, well, you should know your roots. You need to investigate. Well, I do know my roots. We're African-Americans and African-American ethnicity is a mixture of African identities. I've done the blood test. I know, I truly do know what our ethnicities are. I just choose not to disclose that. Nonetheless, um, we'd get into this conversation about who they think I was and why and then just talk about their home country. And in these conversations, I could see God opening a door about a whole world of people that I didn't know growing up in an African-American community in the States. God allowed me to hear and see things that were happening around the world in a Christian community and in a Muslim community, two of the major faiths of African peoples. And in these dialogues God showed me and affirmed for me that Kimberly you are exactly the way that I designed you to be you are the tall skinny girl with the brown skin who fits in perfectly with all these different people there are certain things about you the exactness of everything about you it's just enough of all of these different people that they feel comfortable enough To approach you and even ask you that question because they think that you are one of them and you are and so as I reflect on the question from this study I think about how God answered that prayer that I had as a child answering why was I made the way that I am and the way that I am is that God knew that things about not only the way I look, but my personality, the way that I ask questions and interact with people, how approachable I am, the way that I have a respect for my elders, for my parents, my grandparents, and the same way that many African communities have that same respect and I treat them in that same way would allow me to connect with the people that grew up thousands of miles away around the world. So to you, not only do I recommend this book, but I ask for you to think about how are you distinctively made? What are some clues about you, your personality, maybe your physical characteristics that God designed about you that has made you unique for kingdom work? I truly know that in my time, in that space, God allowed me to be there to connect with people across faiths. Because if you know anything about people who are Muslims in particular, not only are they very devout, but they're also a very open people about their faith. And in being in interaction with these people, I learned that I too can be very open about my faith as well. And we can have a healthy respect for one another. So, for you, the question this week I would ask you is, how has God made you distinctive? What is unique about you that you maybe wondered about as a child? How has God allowed that personality of yours, those physical characters of yours? Maybe it's your voice, maybe it's some talent you have, maybe it's your gift of speaking or connecting with people how has god put that and placed that within you so that god can be glorified i would love to know what that is so again for this month the second recommendation for women's history month i recommend 100 days of believing bigger and i just want to encourage you to know that every single one of us has a purpose And this book is absolutely amazing and opening up some insights into ourselves and how God has equipped us and to moving us into bigger and deeper seasons in him. This is Ask O.T. Kimberly, a listener-supported podcast at Anchor FM. Follow the link in the show notes to learn more about Ask O.T. Kimberly. Thank you for your support.